It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six-month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. It's Sex and Sarah Rose, and today I'm here with Aaron Hickok, and we are going to have so much fun today. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Sarah Rose. How's it going? I am feeling spring in the air. There's little buds coming out on the trees, and I am getting that kind of um, like Twitter-painted feeling for spring. That feels amazing. Yeah, I was out yesterday. It was so beautiful. It got up to I think 54 degrees here and the sun was shining so I went to Central Park and went for a walk and felt so nice and it's actually um, 66 today which feels really nice. Well of course it's been nice here in Austin after you know Snowmageddon is done (laughs) we went back Uh, most everybody has their their water again and it's been beautiful outside here I mean 70s like swimsuit weather uh so and it's I feel like the the when it got very very cold I think that like got the trees to to think that it was winter and then all of a sudden here we are it's nice and warm and here come the blooms here come the green leaves popping up it's really it's a good time to be in Austin. I think the wildflowers will be here soon too. Oh, good. Yeah, that's so nice. Beautiful. Um, hopefully the allergies aren't too bad this year. That's one thing I did not miss was in a year of being gone from Austin with the allergies. Um, I was actually saying the other day, though, that I've become a mask lover, like because they keep out the allergens and everything else in addition to keeping us safe from COVID. I was like, I think I'm just going to wear a mask forever because um, I did 
I did get sick last week, but I think it was something I ate because it was a stomach thing. Um, but all winter long, like I didn't get the flu. I didn't get any colds, nothing. It was amazing. I was like, I'm going to be wearing a mask forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what happens where we take extra precautions. I know like washing hands is a really big deal and people are like, doing that more religiously. So I think that that's really, really helpful. And for allergies, I mean, I know that I've just taken really good care of my health this year, um, doing the anti-inflammatory stuff. And then also, man, acupuncture is so incredible. Um, I mean, allergy season here, it is still happening. It's still uh, in full effect. But for myself, I've been getting regular acupuncture treatments and I am not having any problem uh, with allergies at all. And this is the first time in years, like usually earache, like sinuses, the whole shebang. And <sighs> I'm all clear and I feel great. Ooh, that's awesome. And I love how you said that you found an acupuncture place that's like, you, it's like a membership type thing. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. they're actually, they're national. Um, it's called modern acupuncture mm -hmm. and I love it. They, uh, they have, it's very luxurious. Uh, their chairs are really nice. I'm in a big fan of community acupuncture and there's tons of really great, um, options for that. But I, I, I do like to have a little bit of luxury in the experience and they do a really, really good job. Um, and you can get, a. a memberships with them and um, just series of, series of uh, package deals. And I think it's a, it's a pretty good, pretty good deal. I'm glad I'm with them for sure. That's cool. I want to check it out. I have a couple of like do it yourself options. So not acupuncture, but I have what's called a Shakti mat and it's an acupressure mat. Um, and that is really amazing. Um, I lay on that. I actually was joking with uh, Om Rupani. He's a BDSM teacher and he's a dominant that I work with. And I haven't seen him, you know, in over a year because of all the COVID stuff. And I'm like, you know, always like, oh my God, oh, I'm like, you know, I need to be dommed by you and all this stuff. And then uh, several months ago, I sent him a text message. <laughs> Because I had gotten onto my uh, my mat, my Shakti mat, and it's pretty painful. Like it's a really intense one, and I was like, I figured out how to dom myself. I'm like, I could just like <laughs> lay on lay on this mat and have my toys and self pleasure, and I'm like creating the pain pleasure experience at the same time. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's like, I'll still take you places. The mat can't take you. <laughs> uh, and it's good for allergies too, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then I ordered this. Um, it's like a massage mat that does... You, it's like a full body mat that you lay on uh, and it does... Uh, not is it sweetest massage what's the other kind of massage uh, shiatsu yeah shiatsu that one so it does shiatsu massage uh and it's just like an electric one that you plug in so i've got a i actually have a massage table 
Um, I don't know how in the fuck I'm going to set it up in my apartment. I don't know where I'm going to find space for it, but I'm going to. And I'm going to put my, um, my massage mat on that. So that way it's always set up and it's more likely that I'll use it because right now it's underneath my bed and then I have to pull it out and set it up, you know? And so I want to just be using it every single day where it's not something I really have to think about. It's just easy to access. So I think I'm going to do that today and get that set up too. Ooh, well, let me know how that goes. It sounds very enjoyable. Oh yeah. It's a really good one. I was impressed. I don't know what it's called or I would tell you, but, um, it was really nice. Mm. <laughs> mm. I love a good massage, man. It's yes. I'm a big yes. Yeah. I mean, when I was in Austin before all the shutdowns, I was getting a massage every Sunday. I had an amazing guy, um, that I would go to is like Sunday morning church. And because that Sunday was the only day that I wouldn't do jujitsu. And so that was my rest and recovery day. And he is, uh, he also does jujitsu. And so he understood like all the, the injuries from that and like how to really work with the body that was being used in that specific way. It was so nice and probably one of the biggest things that I was missing, like after not having, you know, being there, getting that and then not having it, it definitely makes a big difference to, to feel that lack. But yeah, I definitely think um, I'm going to look into the acupuncture thing and see if I can find someone nearby. Do yeah, let me know. Uh, let me know if you need a referral. I think this modern acupuncture place is is like all over the place. But I heard you say something that reminded me in Austin, something truly magical has happened. You know, Sunday mornings we used to go to ecstatic dance. Yeah. They have brought um, dance back here to Austin. It's outdoors. Oh, cool. In a park, socially distanced people dancing in the sunshine on the grass. Oh. I've been going the past few weeks and it, uh, it has been nourishing my soul. I'm just remembering how important connection is like actual in-person being around people like even if I'm not touching them like just being around people who I love and care about and like expressing ourselves like oh it is so good for my soul for my body for my well-being uh I just had to share that it's it's my favorite thing that's reopened that um Oh man, I just, I had missed it so much. I'm so glad that it's at least sort of back. Mm, that's amazing. I was actually Googling ecstatic dance in New York City this week to see like where the communities are and just if there was any inkling of, I mean, it'll be a while till it reopens, but that would be so cool if they did something outdoors. That's amazing. They're doing that in Austin. I miss it. Yeah, it feels really good. And I heard they're actually going to do one on Wednesday evenings also. So like middle of the week. It's just, I don't know. It's just so cool that, that people are, that people are so respectful of others, like in the space of like, you know, if people want to be close or not be close. Um, it's just awesome to see people like traversing that coming, coming 
coming together in that kind of a way, you know, it's, there's so much tension and stress and fighting on social media and to see people in real life actually working it out and just respecting each other's choices uh, is just, it's really, it's really awesome to see and to experience. Oh yeah. The whole thing with social media, has just made it really easy to attack people and just, you know, say things you would never say to a person's face. It's terrible. I really, I can't stand the culture of it all. Like, I don't know. I want, I do my best to create like online spaces, like with my different pages that are, um, just light and loving, but like, there's still the people that come in and they just have these attacks and it's like, um, I'm actually a human being here, you know, like, and I think people just kind of forget that, but when you're there face to face and, you know, you've got to look someone in the eye. (laughs) Yeah. But that's a whole conversation, which I think actually ties into the fun we're going to have today. Yeah. Yeah. Connection fun. (laughs) I'm so excited. So I was trying to think, and I don't think I've ever, ever actually played your connection deck. You haven't played the original Cards for Connection? <laughs> of course, though. You, I mean, of course you've played the sexy deck all the time. Yeah, I played the sexy deck all the time, but I've never played the Connection deck. I love that. I think it's, it's <laughs> also just beautiful because you are just, like, so, like, unleashed in your sexuality. So, like, of course you're attracted to the uh let's talk about sex deck the all the intimacy with that but yeah it actually started um you know my very first game uh was the original cards for connection deck and it's we're creeping up right now on seven years ago is when the initial idea came it was the uh, day of my birthday I was having a birthday party in the evening and I wanted something that was fun to play with my friends that was uh, affirming, that was, you know, instead of being, you know, there's that other black and white game that's against humanity. And um, I had played that before and I was just like, I don't want that, you know, at my birthday. I really want something that helps us get to know each other, that gets us to like move out of our comfort zone. And so uh, I put together the first deck on little slips of paper, uh, put them in jars. And then that night of my birthday party, we got to, we got to play. And I had no idea, Sarah Rose, I had no idea. Like at the time I was doing a mark, I was a marketing coach. I was a business coach, like working with um, independent entrepreneurs and artists and helping them run their businesses. I had no intentions of becoming uh, a games queen, right? Like I didn't know I was gonna go on tour across the country. I had no idea I was gonna print and publish multiple decks, like this would become my thing, right? The thing that I did that night that did come to me is when I was um, walking around with the jar and having people pick uh, pick out their little cards, um, I did have this vision of rainbow colored cards uh, raining down, uh, like in my mind's eye. Like that's 
that's like the extent of it for the for the first night that we played. Um, but it's just expanded, you know, since then to include multiple decks and um, yeah, I mean, I've, this is my full time gig now. This is what I do. And it all grew out of just wanting a better game to play with my friends, like for my birthday, I wanted something better. And um, yeah, I've got the little the uh, actual deck here, something so cool. So on the lid, it says open up and play. Oh, cute. Right. So that that was literally that's what it said on the jar at my birthday party. Open up and play. I love it. Right? So important. I mean, what else is life about? Open up and play. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like really it's like, yeah, it's helped me really become this um, advocate for play and pleasure. And uh, I get to you know, play this game with you and people all over the world um, at retreats, at, um, you know, online like broadcasts. Uh, and I get to hear from people about them playing. I literally this morning got another, another voice memo from someone who's like, who brought the Cards for Connection deck on a date, uh, you know, first date. And they just pulled out the deck and got to have really deep, meaningful conversation right off the bat. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, man, I, it feels so good to just hear from everybody how amazing this deck is to help them open up. And then of course, the sexy deck to help really bring that to the next level um, and get people to engage, so. I'm excited for us to play original deck today. Well, one of my private clients this week was telling me that he is using this deck in his online dating. And so he, I think what he said is that he has like used one of the questions as like a prompt to start conversation. And then when he matches with a woman, then they'll like up until leading up to the date, they'll just do one card a day. And he has the whole deck and he said, it's been so incredible. His dates have been amazing because of it. He says that he gets messages if he doesn't send a card that day like hey where's the card like <laughs> and the women are just loving that they can have this type of conversation with men with a man and this particular client I absolutely adore him like he literally has done such deep work in the man on fire program and and now he's working as a private client but like he's somebody who really goes so deep for authenticity so he's in no way using this to like manipulate women like he's the real fucking deal um <laughs> so putting that out there to you guys like you don't ever you know don't be shitty with these tools that we give you like <laughs> be the real deal um i actually had a, a tantra teacher come on as a guest to the guys in the man on fire program and she gave them that warning she was like we will teach you the deepest most amazing ways to connect with women and they will fall in love with you and if you ever use these in the wrong way we will come after you yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, once people get a taste of what it feels like, of what genuine connection feels like, it's like, why would we want to go to anything else? I mean, uh, like the really like to be like deeply loved, to be deeply seen, like really appreciated for who we actually are. Like it is, it's painful. It would be painful to to use these kinds of tools and to lie when we're using them uh, because then the, the, per, the person that the people are falling in love with isn't really who you are. Like that's just gonna bite us right in the butt. That's why being authentic really makes a difference. It actually creates this generative process again and again and again uh, because people are really loving the reality of who people are and the beautiful thing is it's also the the scars the shadow pieces like those kinds of pieces they get integrated as well and these tools i mean sure a person could lie with them but that's not going to be a lasting kind of thing it's not going to give us that deep satisfaction and fulfillment because we're not actually being who we really are when we're doing that so yeah for sure I think you and I both have seen though the the men in the quote consciousness communities that come in and they learn the language and they know how to talk the talk and you know they see all these women that are really desiring a man that that is in that kind of space of growth and shadow work and you know they talk about fucking astrology and you know but they're master manipulators (laughs) you know it's funny that you mentioned that because actually the night of the birthday party where this card deck came about there actually was a man at this party who he he showed up he had a friend who was there and so he came and showed up and there was actually a big confrontation between him and myself and another man at my birthday party for this precise reason, as, because as people are working through their consciousness process, there's a whole period of time where they're learning how to use these things, but it's not integrated yet. They can say the word, but they don't know how to be the word. It's not embodied. And so it really is, boy, this is such a call to action for women to truly embody their discernment that's something that i love about these cards because when we play it with a person it's looking it's not just looking at what the person is saying it's how they're saying it it's how they're embodying it and for us it's really getting clear on being able to discern what is true and what's not true and that's looking past the words that people are saying the topics that they're choosing to talk about and really looking on a deeper level, are they embodying that thing? Sure, they know how to use the word sacred masculine, but what is sacred to them? How are they How are they showing up with their agreements? Do they hold their agreements sacred? How do they treat their fellow sisters? How do they treat their brothers? How are they treating their children or other children in the community? You know, how are they literally embodying this, this spirit that they're talking about? I think that it's interesting because people can try to dupe us by using those kinds of language. I know that that happened to me a lot in the spiritual community 
I stepped into relationships with people who were who were using the right language. And it did not take me very long at all to discover that the way that they were using it was still they were using the words from a place of shadow, which what was showing up around them and the way that they were being was still in that shadow aspect. They were using like their power over other people. They were, you know, creating drama, creating, uh, you know, still playing out victim perpetrator uh, dynamics, but they were just doing it using, you know, fancier, more conscious words. And I think it's really, it's up to us, especially as this becomes more mainstream for people to really open our eyes and look at what is, what are people actually doing? What are they, what are they, how are they following through with their words, right? Yeah, like what are the fruits of their actions? You know, the, the what is, what are the results of it in their life? What is actually showing up as a result of these things that they are saying? Like, are they, you know, are these, are they actually having the type of um, interactions that are healthy, that are positive? Are they actually impacting people's lives in a positive way? Um, not just talking about it. Yeah. And I think that's something that I, I mean, personally, I really love about the cards and why I play them on dates with people. And I play the, you know, the lighter, the cards for connection and the sexy cards, uh, because it matters to me how people answer those questions. I can tell a lot about a person by what they don't say. I can tell a lot about a person by like where they place their focus. Um, like for example, you know, if I'm playing, if I'm playing a deck of cards and, uh, you know, somebody shared with me last week that they were using this in their dating and they pulled one of the cards, um, close your eyes and name what you're noticing. And a man who's trying to uh, seduce a woman is going to say, oh, I'm like, I'm noticing how beautiful you are. Oh, I'm noticing, you know, there's like this like <laughs> external kind of thing. But I'm not I like I'm not into flattery. Like I do love words of affirmation. I think that's great, but that's like not what it's about. If a person hears the spirit of the card and they're noticing their sensations of what's going on around them, they're noticing their internal state, right? You can you can tell how a person is interacting with these kinds of these kinds of um, prompts uh, because they're it's so based on spontaneity, right? It's like what's true in the moment. You can't like pr like practice the answers for each of the cards. Um, I mean, you could, but it's gonna sound it's gonna sound robotic. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about it is that it it helps me see where people are coming from, not just the words that they're saying, but like what's underneath that. And it gives us like really awesome fuel to dig to dig deeper like oh there's like all this this stuff that a person just said about one card like one card we could talk for hours and keep on digging and keep on asking more questions and keep on discovering more about each other even from just that one starting point well i am very excited to give you my virginity <laughs> That's a funny example, right? <laughs> oh, it's all yours, Erin. I oh. give this to you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll let you know, Sarah. We're going to go slow. Okay. <laughs>
Not too deep, too fast. (laughs) We'll take it easy. We'll go at your pace. All right. I hand selected a rainbow for us to play. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I would love, I would love to have you pick a color. I'm going to stick them up right there. Okay. um, Let me feel into the colors. Mm, Yellow, please. She's going for the yellow. All right. Three ways. I'm amazing, R. Okay, so as I actually look up to consider this, I see in front of me, I'm in my bedroom at the moment, and okay, so when I had my house and then my townhome in Austin, like they were big Texas-sized places, right? And I have big Texas-sized furniture that is now in my (laughs) New York-sized apartment. And (laughs) one of these pieces of furniture is um, a bookshelf that I absolutely love. It's from Design Within Reach. It's gorgeous. And I was just adamant that this piece of furniture was coming with me and it was going to work no matter what. And so yesterday I spent a big part of my day on this bookshelf creating such a an, an amazing work of art and I love my books. I have always been an avid reader. Like books are my my joy, my treasure. And then I have so many different altars that I love to create as well. And so what I did when I moved, I couldn't, I decided to not bring all my books with me. So about a third of the books came. And then in the remaining spaces on this bookshelf are my altars. And so I'm looking in front of me now and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 different altars on (laughs) this bookshelf. (laughs) And then I have another one on another table off to the side of my bed, which is my my main altar. Uh, But yeah, so I am amazing at creating beauty. I'm amazing at creating sacred space. Uh, I am amazing at uh, creating a space that feels really comfortable and inviting and uh, homey um, in a really beautiful and luxurious way. Mm. Mm. It makes me want to come to your house right now. I want you to come to my house right now. <laughs> oh, oh, New York City. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm going to play two. I'm going to play two. So three ways that I'm amazing are, so the first way is my, like I radiate playfulness. Like wherever I go, I have this like spirit of of play and curiosity. And I think that's something that's really amazing about me. Um, yeah, it's real. It's like, it's a big part of who I am. Mm, another way oh another way that I'm amazing is uh 
gosh, it's, oh, I'm, I am obsessed with learning new things. Like I actually love research. I'm super nerdy. Like I originally, I mean, I, I got a degree in marketing and international business, but I originally was going to school to be a genetic engineer. And uh, I love research. I love information. I love taking really, really complex things and making them so simple that even a fourth grader can understand it. Um, so I think that's a way that I'm like, that's like a superpower. And um, another way that, ooh, another way that I'm really amazing is I'm so sensitive. I, uh, my skin is really sensitive. My, my sense of like other people's like emotions or like what's going on in the environment. I'm like a very, um, just to, like tuned in to what's going on in my inner world and my outer world at the same time. And I feel like that's like, a, I maybe wouldn't have called it a superpower when I didn't understand it as much. Um, but now I feel like it's like I'm, well, it's really fun to play with sexy wise. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's also really useful and something that's really beautiful. It has me be sensitive to other people and their needs and what's going on in an environment. Mm, yes, you are amazing in all of those ways, Erin. Thank you. Ooh. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a game that makes us feel good about ourselves. I love it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Let's pick another card. What do we got here? Do you want to go first again or should I go first this time? Go for it. Okay. Mm, all right. I'm going to go for blue uh, because I love expression. Uh, you know that these are all based on the chakras. We've talked about that before, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So this is the throat chakra. And um, when I was a child, I loved to play. So we could just put a period at the end of that sentence and that would be great. <laughs> um, but I would say that the thing that I, I was like always the person, uh, I was the oldest of my cousins, I was the oldest sister. Um, I was like always like leading the neighborhood in, in things. So the thing that I love to play was like, I was like the director of let's pretend. Like I, you know, wait, I'd ask the people what, you know, what we wanted to play. And then I would like help set the scene, make sure everybody had their characters, like make sure, you know, and like literally, you know, sometimes it was choreography for a play that we were going to put on for our parents or, you know, or it was a, um, a candy swap after Halloween. So we all got the candy that we actually wanted or, uh, you know, it's just like, I've always been like an organizer director uh, in the space of imagination. Um, Mm, I see that how that has played out <laughs> right yes oh, I'm still I'm just a big kid now <laughs> okay when I was a child I loved to play by myself I so I lived on a farm and I just love to go be out with the animals and just have space and time to myself without anyone interrupting me like that was a big deal I just remember 
my happiest moments being out with the cows like my dog would be there along my side and um it was in arizona so it was very hot and we had these canopies these shade canopies that the cows could be under and i would go climb up on the shade canopies and like to me that just felt like such freedom to be out there and uh, my mother calls me a high functioning introvert <laughs> which i definitely am like I need my space. And as much as like I am out there in the world doing all the things that I'm doing, um, that is not like that shows how passionate I am about what I do, that I actually am out there doing it at the level that I'm doing it. Because I think I would be very happy as the yogi that is in the cave meditating by myself and <laughs> so yeah that was that was my my way of playing just being with my dog being with the cows <laughs> mm, that's so sweet Sarah Rose oh, I love that I can really relate to you also in the um like high functioning introvert um i have a very strong extroverted side but i also have a very strong introverted side um, which not many people know that about me because you know when people see you it's like you're out and you're being right yeah i definitely feel it when i'm not having that space to myself and like i could be happy you know just like a week, two weeks of <laughs> isolation, quiet. And then I will start to, you know, want to see one or two people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you find that it makes a difference in like the quality of connection that you're having? When I have time to myself? Um, it's like if you, like, for example, when I if I'm having extroverted time, uh, but I'm having it with a low quality of people, I guess, like when I say low quality, it's like, it's like situations that don't really engage me. I don't really want to be there that much. It's like, feels like, like those kinds of things are such a huge drain on my system. And I need like a ton more alone time to recover. I'm curious if that's, that's also your experience. Yeah. And even when I'm with people that I really enjoy and love and typically would really like to be around, if it's a large group of those kinds of people, it does. It feels overwhelming. It feels exhausting. I feel, um, and the thing is, I love throwing parties. Like when I was in Austin, there were times when I was throwing parties with like 300 people and I love doing that. I have so much fun. And in the midst of that, like, I would have to go disappear and like, just have some time to like, come back to myself and kind of recover from all of it before I could go back into it all and, and be okay. You know, not yeah. to say I'm like severely debilitated, like rocking in my room, like, you know, pulling my hair or anything like that, but like, <laughs> to feel optimal, like I would need to go and like 
just have some some quiet space and then I could come back out and you know be amazing and do my thing. Sarah Rose, I can relate to this so much. In fact, I'm thinking about a particular party that you threw, a very sexy kitty party uh, at a certain warehouse where I got to dance in a huge vat of oil, uh, coconut oil and cacao. <laughs> I don't know if that rings any bells for you. <laughs> I was actually just talking about that party this week um, because I have a friend who is a Tantra teacher here in New York and he does a lot of play parties. Um, and I was talking to him about like the parties I used to do in Austin and how I want to do those again here in New York, um, how they were very sexy but they were not play parties like they weren't specifically designed for people to come and start having sex uh, and to me I like that version better like not that I like it better like meaning that I think it's a better version of a party but just um, my interest and in what I like to do is like to create those spaces where people can feel the sexual energy and a really conscious and aware way where it's being facilitated like we had you know spank station and the dancers and you know just the music when people are really able to feel sexy um mm. but it wasn't you know designed to have sex there not that there's anything wrong with those parties but um for me just for me i find those ones are more fun so definitely on the on the agenda to start doing those in New York in the next year or so. Beautiful. Well, I would love an invitation <laughs> when that happens uh, because I love, I love coming to your parties and I'm really similar. In fact, the party that you're talking about, you know, one of my favorite moments from that party is actually when I was dancing in that, in the chocolate pool, um, I actually went inward and it was like this like dancing meditation. It was like everyone else in the party just evaporated and I was with myself and like the, oh, the smell of the cacao and like how it felt on my skin. Oh, it was just like this it was like what I do often at parties where I, I do, I'll go into a separate room and I'll just like, like lay down and meditate for a little bit, close my eyes, just like be in my body, like integrate. Um, but I was able to do it at this party, like while dancing and like feeling like all of that, that amazing uh, sensation. Uh, so thank you for putting on that party. And yes, please, let's have some more of those as soon as it's possible. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here listening to you thinking like, wow, Erin's really got her shit together that she can just like do that in the midst of everything because I'm remembering that party and remembering like going and hiding out in the bathroom for like 10 minutes to get some quiet time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, it's, first of all, you're Sarah Rose and it was your birthday party. So if it was my party, I definitely would have to go to a different space because there's this way where, um, you know, when we're, when we're hosting the thing, there's so many pulls and draws on our attention. Everybody wants a moment with us. 
And um, yeah, I feel like those kinds of those kinds of situations, they're even more taxing on on the nervous system because everybody it's like you can't it's almost like you can't get away well yeah like you said unless you lock yourself in a room <laughs> with the doors shut and locked and like nobody can come in and then you can have time um have time for yourself i feel like that that kind of pr pressure definitely requires more time to center and i would imagine I mean, for you as well, I'd imagine that it would be more time to prepare in advance, um, you know, giving yourself alone time leading up to the party, more time in the party, and also more time to recover. Yeah, I remember that I took uh, probably like an hour before the party and I just like was in my room and I was masturbating and just having beautiful self-pleasure and just filling myself up. And, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's play. Let's play. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring the sparkle. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Should we do another? We should. We should. Okay. You get to pick this time. Hmm. Uh, pussy's picking red. Ooh, the pussy says red. Oh, I love this. This is so perfect for right now. I feel at home when? Uh, I feel at home when everything is in order. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's been... It's been a year for sure. I mean, I went from living in my house in Austin to my uh, townhome in Austin to um, Arizona where I was living with my grandmother and taking care of her and I didn't have any of my stuff. It was all in her garage and then to New York and all of that happened in a year and three months. So like it was just a whirlwind of massive transitions. And I still in my bedroom have two boxes that I just don't have anywhere to put the stuff yet. And it is my goal today to figure that out because I have got to feel settled and like just having everything in its place having everything beautiful having the smells just right like <laughs> those are the things that make me feel really good like my home is such an important space to me um and but yeah I think you know beyond just like the the physical reality of like external of what's going on around me feeling home is when when I've got the time just to drop into my body and to connect with with spirituality with my sexuality which to me are very intertwined and um just to uh, I guess just to have that like that sense of um, peace inside. And that just comes from creating the space and making it happen. Uh, so 
I guess it's both. It's like the internal and the external are both really important. Mm. And then when you have both of them, how is that for you? Like, how is that for you? Mm, yeah, when I have both, it feels feels really good. But it's equally important, you know? I think it's, it is, it's important to have both. Like, I don't think that one is more important than the other or should, you know, have feel more deserving or anything like I think it's really the external does really matter yeah I love that you bring that up I feel I feel very impacted by my surroundings um like I said earlier I'm pretty sensitive so um you know for me when I think about feeling at home I also have that sense of you know, being surrounded by order, by beauty, by elegance. Um, I love that you talked about scent. Uh, that is also really important to me. Um, you know, the things that things do, that they smell good. Uh, if they smell bad, like, I don't want to be there. I got I got to go. Um, and, and all different kinds of good, too. Like, there's, like, candles smelling good. I'm very particular about like I like natural essential oil-based candles, not to your typical <laughs> scented ones. Like, no, thank you. Um, but also like the good smells of like the smell of soup cooking on the stove, you know, there, there's those kinds of, um, you know, the smell of baking bread, the smell of yeah, I mean, I love I love the smells of, of food being part of home uh, to me. And then the internal thing, you know, I've lived uh, most of my life. I was nomadic ever since I was a little kid. I moved a lot. Um, my parents just had a lot of different jobs and, and moved. And so we lived in a lot of different homes and a lot of different states. I was always the new kid. And so I did find this way to create my home as an internal state. And that's how I lived, you know, until I moved to Austin, I, even as an adult moved at least once a year, at least. Um, and often I would live out of my car. Um, you know, I just like had this like nomadic kind of, of style and the way that I was able to manage that is that I would, that I would have this internal sense of, you know, what felt like home in my heart. And um, I would do things like, especially I still would do this on tour where I bring, um, I love that you talked about altars. Like that's one of the things that has me feel at home. So I actually have a special travel altar that I take with me everywhere. Um, I have special like little totems that I will carry in my pocket, like rocks or like figurines or things like that, that I'll set up, you know, if I'm working from a coffee shop, I'll set those up. So it feels like I'm at home, even when I'm in this, this other, uh, this other kind of place. And now, you know, living in Austin for more than a decade, uh, it's like, oh, like there's this, that external, that external home of like, Oh, when I, when I see the people from ecstatic dance, for example, it's like, oh, there's this felt sense of, of family, of home uh, that's outside of me again. And it's, I think it's just like what you said, it's just so beautiful. It's like to be able 
to have the the internal and the external sense of you know of what that means for us and understanding that that's why i love this being one of the questions because it's different for everybody and it could be different for you like your perspective could be different you know a year from now you know being in new york like home might have a particular new york kind of flavor to it you know <laughs> I love what you said about like having altars set up in your car. So until the moments before selling my car, before I left Arizona for New York, I had my car set up as an altar and I actually had these felt sticky things. So it was like, um, not felt, uh, Velcro. So Velcro and each side of it was sticky. And I had my altar pieces like on my dashboard <laughs> stuck there with these uh, sticky Velcro pieces. And, um, so I pulled all of those off and now they're part of my altar here in my room. But yes, I even had altars in my car as well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Talk about bringing, bringing home with you wherever you go. Yeah. And it just feels good. It just brings a different, um, different sense, you know, and in that year when I was in Arizona and I had no place that was my own, my car was my, my space. Like if I, if I was just feeling so overwhelmed, I would go sit in my car. And like, that was my, my own space that I actually owned that no one else came into. And I could just feel like me. And so, yeah, like the, the car even. <laughs> yeah. I really relate with that. That's like key for me when moving from place to place is having my own space in my vehicle. Like that's like literally I like will hang out in my car. Like just because it's it does. It feels it feels like home. It's this beautiful space that I get to take with me and feel really good in whenever I want to. Oh, well, what beautiful connection. Thank you for uh, sharing this with me. And I love this deck. It's really beautiful. And I love how you describe it as the foreplay to the sexy deck. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's really great to get people used to answering those questions, going deep, being thoughtful about their responses. And um, yeah, and you can play it with anybody, you know, it's not something, you know, it's something you could play with your grandma. It's something you could play with your family, with your coworkers. So, um, yeah, it, it brings the playful anywhere and then, uh, you know, helps get us warmed up uh, when we do want to get a little more close with the intimacy deck. Well, I mean, I definitely feel warmed up. So just, just saying, like... <laughs> Yes, we only did three cards too. I mean, 
there's there's 55 cards in the deck so there's a lot of room to play mm, all right well guys you should be checking this one out those of you that want to know how to satisfy a woman in bed it starts with communication it starts with being able to have amazing conversation with her it starts with being curious and having intelligence and being able to just have an emotional IQ where you can hold these types of conversations, women find that so fucking attractive. And so for all of you out there that think that in order to be good in bed, you've got to know how to make her squirt. Yes, fucking know how to make her squirt, but that's not enough. You've got to be able to have these conversations with her. This is what women want. This is what turns her on. This is what's going to keep her coming back for more. And if you can't talk, if you can't like just communicate in these, these ways about deep issues that actually really touch her heart, she's going to get bored. And, you know, you may still have a, a shell, a surface of a relationship, but you can tell when there's not connection and there's not depth there and it feels really shallow. And that shallowness feels incredibly, incredibly painful. So grab this deck and start having some fun. Mm. And that is sex and Sarah Rose. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers. Down tonight.